You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. Hello, listeners of the Punk Theology Podcast. My name is Russ Shaw, your host. This is episode 44, The Mosh of Life, Wounds and Scars. The parental advisory label is a warning label first introduced by the Recording Industry Association of America in 1985 and later adopted by the British Phonographic Industry in 2011. It is placed on audio recordings in recognition of excessive profanities or inappropriate references, with the intention of alerting parents of potentially unsuitable material for younger children. If this podcast were an album sanctioned by the recording industry it would carry such a warning. Nah, you've been officially warned. People moshing together in this thing called life. Hey, uh, we have a website. Did I mention that? Punktheology.com is our website. That's where the magic happens. So uh, you may want to check that out. Uh, Punk Theology Pub is where you can follow us on Facebook. Punk Theology Pod is our Twitter handle, and yeah, Snapchat, we got it all going on. Anyway, let's just get right into the show today, shall we? Uh, I don't want to deal with all this, uh, you know, here we go. Yeah. Why are we still so surprised every time we buy the light? Pursue the truth even when it's hard to do it. And all we want is to believe. It's okay if we slightly disagree. And, you know, really good scientific evidence against what I said I believed and what I was certain about and just the feeling in my chest. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, like I need you to go away right now and not talk about this. <laughs> like, shut your mouth. Yes, yeah. right. Because yeah. I need that certainty. I need that fix. Yeah. Um, and some part of me still going to church is like... How do you be honest and respectful? Like, how do you value a core value... For a lot of men, I think it's respect, and it's also authenticity. So, there, so there's a weird line that you have to kind of walk on. It's part of your story. It's my, it's my wife. But again, we get scars and wounds, right? Yeah, yeah. Which one's a scar? And granted, now I can now. I mean, it's definitely moved from wound towards scar because I mean, shit. You listen to any podcast before I actually started dealing with any of my shit. I have so an interesting true. question, and I guess I'm asking myself, but I'll pose it to Derek anyway. <laughs> so the the church that you go to does some of this. Yep. So when do you chuck it in the fucking bucket? It's a good question. Should I join this band of ideological rebels and become a co-producer of punk theology? I don't 
because we're the good guys, they are the bad guys, is getting excruciatingly boring and unproductive. How do I join this punk movement? Go to punktheology.com and click the donate button. There's so four of us. There's only four tonight. Yeah, Steve said he is sick. 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 Steve's sick. Arthur is got the fire shits. Got the fire shits, and uh, and Connor's not here. No, Connor bailed. Connor bailed on us. We don't know why. <laughs> I'm sure there's a something. Maybe he's both. He had to wash his hair. I don't know. Yeah, sounds good. Diet. <laughs> Diet. Uh. Chuck it in the fuck bucket. Fuck it bucket. It's <laughs> the, gotta have no, it's bucket. the fuck it bucket. The fuck it Chuck bucket. It the fuck the bucket. bucket. Not the fuck bucket. <laughs> fuck no. it bucket. Because they rhyme. Chuck fuck it, it bucket. In the fuck Chuck it, it in the fuck it bucket. we got to make some shirts. So this is an explicit With that. <laughs> yeah, by the way. There's a little red the E. The warning comes at the end. Yeah, there's a little red. <laughs> little tiny red E. Well, you got to look for the little red E. Um... I swear a lot, you know, and I'm, it's funny, like over the years I've tried to curb some of that shit. We used to have a square jar. Yeah, I had to throw it in the fucking bucket. (laughs) I had to throw the whole jar in the fuck, like after a while my kids would be like, you know, because I would really try and quit swearing. And we had a swear jar and I told the kids if I say swear words we'll put a dollar in the swear jar and we'll use that to go to pizza or ice cream or something like that. And eventually, we just filled the fucking jar every week. <laughs> and I'm like, after a while, I got sick of actually walking. You know, I'm like, it's funny how some stuff like that you just kind of give up on after a while, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is just how I talk. Just come home and put tenor in the jar. Like, okay, I get Or I just look at the kids and go, hey, let's go get pizza and ice cream. All right, let's go. Yesterday, I was at... Fuck it, Dad! <laughs> no, they didn't say that. I was at Costco yesterday, and I was trying to, like, take this big box out of the cart. And put it in the trunk, and I kind of pinch my fingers. And I go, "Oh fuck!" And my my second grade son, he, he laughs like, oh, "I hear what you said, Dad." I'm like, "Listen, okay, rare and appropriate, rare and appropriate. It's you know, at least you for pinch me, pinch your fingers, yeah. Like like if you're really angry about something that's really horrible, or if you're in pain, you know, it's okay. But where it's like you know, you talking like you're in a Quentin Tarantino movie, I don't know. Yeah." <laughs> I mean, just for me, I, yeah. but not that I don't have days like that. I certainly do, but I just thought it was funny. Like, as I'm telling my son, it's not like a prohibition, you know, but at the same time, rare and appropriate. I think that's good guidelines for a kid just going through school. It's not a prohibition, but don't abuse it either, you know. Yeah, yeah. I broke the swearing tattoo at my, on my team at work. Which is funny. Have a there terrible? was for a long time, like nobody swore. Yeah, did my and then boss I started saying fuck, so, and then every, so like, much. and then it was like the next day it was over. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, like my boss, and like, you right. know, like, yeah, and male, female, I'm just fucking shit, and fucking, you know, okay, that's right. I guess I, right. it's yeah, funny how it works, right? Yeah. Like everybody's looking for the HR guy, and then oh, Derek says it's okay. Yeah, all right. Let's, let's, let's go at it. I would rather turn into truck drivers, <laughs> and I'm, I love it. And my, I say this to my kids all the time. I would rather them say "fuck," "shit," "damn," whatever, whatever curse word you want to think of, than put somebody down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they don't, like, Fuck, if you, don't be ugly about it. If, yeah. you, if you ever tell someone they're stupid, I'll beat the shit out of you. Yeah. You, you want to say "fuck you"? Yeah, go ahead. You know? Yeah, that's well, like you have a smile on your face. <laughs> and you're actually, you're, yeah. Uh, 
But oh, you're man. fat. Yeah, no, right. yeah, like that's right. yeah, yeah, right. cruel, ugly, yeah, mean, yeah, mean spirited. Yeah, Panteller yeah. yeah. had a great uh, bullshit episode on that. Where and he's got this little Chihuahua dog, and he's like, you know, he's sitting there, he's like petting it, like, oh, you fucking piece of worthless shit, like you little <laughs> wagging his tail, yeah, <laughs> ass munching piece of, and then it's you know it's all happy, and then he pulls it up and goes, I love you, dog. Your intention is more important than the words you're actually saying. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> so what's fuck That's it? Hilarious. What's, what's fuck it in the chuck no. bucket? Chuck it in the It's not hard. We gotta write it down now. Chuck We're gonna make a poster. In the fuck it bucket. Okay. It's got an algorithm. Say that really fast. Because it rhymes. Rubber baby It does rhyme. Better buy the bucket. bigger rubber baby buggy bumpers. That's my safe word. Buggy bumpers? <laughs> Chuck it in the fuck it. No. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so what is Chuck it in the fuck it bucket? Yeah. No, no, yeah. We're asking, you, you're you're the one that came up with it. No, I didn't. No, I came up no, with it. You came up with it. Yeah, so what is Chuck no, you said bucket. Chuck it in the fuck bucket. No. Fuck it, fuck it. Who no. came up with that? Okay, Derek's, was Derek's gonna explain. Okay. Derek's gonna explain. Okay. Uh, it's just <laughs> a fun thing to say. <laughs> so it not does. A, it rhymes. You're not prepared to have a one-hour-long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's my name. When I think I think it was is pertinent to Chuck though, because because uh, what were we talking about earlier about like well scheduling. Anxiety scheduling, yeah, the anxiety type of thing, and the, and there was oh, something that came up about like, like just fuck this whole thing. I think it probably had to do with our conversation with a certain person, a certain person about you know just Assumption. that doesn't feel free, yeah, yeah, yeah. type of thing. Like, yeah. um, it's something that's come up a couple times in a in a uh, depression forum that I'm on online about like I don't want to do my shit. Do your shit? What are you pointing oh, at? Johnny's <laughs> bottle opener. Johnny's bottle opener. We might need to restart this episode. Alright, let's reboot the show! Okay. Reboot the show! Commence reboot of the show. Stand by. Rebooting the show. Reboot of the show is underway. Please stand by. Stand by. Rebooting the show. Free podcast banter. I'm self-conscious about our banter. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on the banter. Like some banter you want to, like, I don't know. All right. Like now. Anyway. What we're talking about tonight, Chuck? Chuck Russ or Chuck? Yeah, Chuck. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Russ. Russ. Okay. So we're gonna. My my first name, by the way, is Charles. <laughs> so Chuck everybody knows. I'm my, I go by my middle name because I had red hair when I was a kid, and they called me Rusty. And there's a fine so wine I, named after you. Yeah, yeah. Charles Shaw. The topic right. that's gonna be discussed tonight is why I am not allowed to use my name in the name song as a kindergartner. Oh yeah, there you go. Okay. When I was, uh, and I, I still remember this, yeah, which is interesting. There's a movie like this my show is about swearing. Was right? there? There's a movie. There's a movie <laughs> from the like early '90s, late '80s 
where some little kid tries the banana. The yeah, they, I was devastated as in kindergarten. We went. Really? I mean, everybody just went through John, you know, the Chuck, banana Buck, stuff. Fuck, banana yeah, and they get to me. Just use my fucking real name, Charles. I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Everything works. But it's like, oh, wait, we can't. No, you're not allowed to go. I'm Chuck like, just ruined the song. Right? Done. And everyone's like, oh, we don't understand why we can't do it. Chuck it in the fuck it bucket. <laughs> then came up. <laughs> <laughs> but what does chuck it in the fucking bucket mean? It means it's a m- more fun way of saying fuck it. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 the delete key on your computer keyboard. It's better than the delete key on your keyboard. Because it's got yeah, it's got more phonetics. So do kids like make fun of you with that? No. No? no, I did get made fun of when I would use the term like chuck it over the fence. Because and that was very common. Oh, like Chuck, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, throw it over the fence." What about up Chuck? Up Chuck, yeah, all that shit. My name's John, so there you go. But then I just beat the shit out of him, so I was okay. (laughs) (laughs) The movie Zoolander was not great for my name. Darely, dude, my wife and I totally call you Darely. I know, (laughs) but it's an affection. Like we Uh love you, but Uh, I also grew up. There are not. There's not a single. Uh, Derek in a movie that isn't on some level a douchebag. Like it's They're usually it's a throwout douchebag yeah. name. It's oh, usually yeah. some ex-boyfriend that's yeah. a total dickweed. Uh, yeah, it's not and like yeah. The only main character I can think of that's ever been Derek was Zoolander, and that was not the most ideal <laughs> character. Uh, Jason, Jason Bateman's character on Silver Spoons when he was a kid. It, uh, Ricky Schroeder's best friend, his name was Derek. He was a nice kid. I don't even See know that? what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself. Yeah. John's an 80 year old guy. No, no. I'll tell you how old I am. When I was a kid, I got made fun of because my last name is Shaw during the Iran thing. The Shaw. The Shaw of Iran. Shaw of Iran. Right? Oh, it's the Shaw of Iran. There he is. Where's your turban, Shaw? I don't get it. Like, that's funny. It's <laughs> because you weren't born yet, probably. I don't know. It's like a long fucking time ago. Back when Iran was a free society. Yeah. Free. Back when Iran was a You went to school in a, in a one-room building, right? <laughs> About the size of this garage. <laughs> no. Uh, Unfortunately. What your nicknames coming up? Ooh. Charlie. That was seldom, though. I guess it was mostly Chucky. That's I remember cool. when my Chucky. dad, when my dad tried to call me Chaz or Chaz, he yeah. said Chasmo, and I looked at him, and it's just like I'm gonna fucking kill you, you know? Like it, I didn't say anything; I just had that look, and he's just like, "Oh, don't like, like, shit, like that. You don't like that one." You know? like, it's like, "Yep, don't fucking call me Chaz." I didn't acknowledge him or nothing, but yeah, I got Chucky a lot. Um, it's really interesting. The I've only ever been called Charles by three people. Hmm. And that's, so that's like Grand a nickname. Grand Grand. I mean, it, no, not even. Um, when I went to, when I finished school, was in Florida. Um, I went to Florida Institute of Technology and we nicknamed it Foreign Institute of Technology because there were a lot of foreign folks that went there. Did the sweatshirt say fit? That'd be kind of cool, like you're throwing a fit. F-I-T. Yeah, F-I-T. <laughs> Because they didn't, the English wasn't their first language. I would just introduce myself as Charles, and I have three friends that continuously call me Charles. And it's like, guys, 
My name's Chuck. No, no, you Charles. you actually introduced yourself as Charles. Is that what's on your birth certificate, too. Charles? Or yeah. Something? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in first year of college, because I was a weird kid, uh, I introduced myself to everybody as Genghis. <laughs> Right, student Han, Genghis Han. Yeah. Right? Yep. <laughs> uh, and I had, I there's still probably people that don't know my full name from college. <laughs> that I was just kind of casual yeah. acquaintances with. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. like, yeah, like that's Genghis. Yeah, like Genghis. Like, hey, go talk to Derek. Like, who's that? I don't who's know who that? that is. Yeah, right? yeah. Right. Genghis. Genghis. Yeah. Genghis Charles. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I still got now. I got the Charles in Charge song stuck in my. Oh yeah, Char- yeah. Charles yeah. in Charge. <laughs> I actually like my name. Um, I have a suffix, Esquire, nice. which is Old English for the third. So my grandfather, my father, and I all have the same name. And I remember the when I went to get my driver's license, the the guy calls, you know, Charles, please come up, blah, blah, blah. I walk up, and he's looking at me kind of funny, and it's, you're Charles. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, cool. So you're an attorney. That's <laughs> why <laughs> is a common yeah. 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 And at the time I knew that. And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, man. He looks at my driver's license. He's like, you're 16. I'm like, well, you've seen the show Doogie Howser. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm a protege. Hello. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah. I passed, the bar, I passed the bars about a year ago. He said, oh, shit. I'm like, you dumb fuck. You have to be 21 to take the bars. Like, you know, I didn't let him know that, right? He's going to the DMV, like, man. He's <laughs> now, though, it's like they look at my driver's license. And I'm like, oh, so which last name do you go by? It's like, I don't have two last names. I have one last name. That's a suffix. You dumb shit. It's like, not Esquire. It's my last like name you're saying it gets you out of jury duty. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I got an attorney. The here and ever at the first time I ever made it to the courthouse, um, I got been summoned fuck hundreds of times. Like, <laughs> right? Like it's just every yeah. once in a while you get the summons, you go. Or I call the number, it's like I'm excused or whatever. So I finally go to the courthouse and I even made it into the box. But I remember the we're sitting there and they're asking a bunch of questions and the the prosecutor's like, Hey, you know, Charles, uh, do you have you ever been in a courtroom before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there more than once. <laughs> yeah, like, I, shit, I've got a lot of speeding tickets. Not to let her know that. I'm just, like, right. thinking in my head, like, yeah, I've been yeah. lots of times, you know? She's oh, you, do you have an issue speaking in public? No. I don't, I don't find any of that an issue. Oh. So you speak in courtrooms quite a bit. Well, every time I've been, in, every time I've been in a courtroom, I've had to talk. Yeah. Even now, like I'm, I'm talking to you. You know, we're in a courtroom. You know, she's like, "Oh, okay." And so I, I finally get into the box. You know, and the the prosecutor's like, "Hey, we're gonna go ahead and use our one or you know our second uh, excuse a juror for no fucking reason whatsoever. You're free to go." And I looked at her and I'm like, "I'm not an attorney." And there was just this, like, oh, shit. <laughs> face. Like, I'm like, yes, I finally figured out how to beat the system. I will never have to sit on a jury ever again. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're an esquire. Just make them think that I'm an attorney. I was in traffic court today. I'm not even going to tell that story. It's boring. No one wants to hear it. <laughs> Did you learn a lesson from it, though? Yes. Yeah? I, can, I know how to subpoena the traffic <laughs> officer who pulls me over now. The prosecutor explained that to me. Kids are cruel. 
That's what I was thinking when you guys were talking about that thing. And I think that kids are more cruel. It's weird how kids are cruel, right? Like I don't find it weird at all. Yeah, they don't have any reference to know how their actions affect uh, yeah. No filters, uh, no yeah. consequences yet. <laughs> they know when they don't like something. But well, they can't even they can't even change perspectives. Even. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking with Dan the other day. Or Russ was there too, and he was telling this story about this psychological experiment that they do with kids often, where they, you know, they have a little princess puppet and a um, and a box and a dragon puppet, and they go and they uh, the princess uh, puts the takes a ball and puts it under the box and then goes away, and then the dragon comes and steals the ball. Uh, and they ask the kid, where does the princess think the ball is? So under the box. Because they can't put themselves in the perspective of the princess yet. They're mm. only looking at facts. Like, they, they're not, like, no, no, not where do you think it is. Where, is the where does the princess, and he says, you know, for a certain percentage of the kid, you can see the light bulb going off in their head. Like, oh. Like, and, like, for the first time, they're kind of seeing things yeah. through somebody else, which is how they teach empathy, right? Like, that's a yeah. basic exercise to teach <clears throat> empathy is having other people's perspective. Yeah. And, yeah, and kids have to learn empathy. how to do the other perspectives. On, they, all they have is their perspective. And, uh, yeah, and that's something that people have to learn how to do. And some people really don't learn how to do that. No, they don't. For a very long time, <laughs> very long time. if ever. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's interesting. The So I've never heard about that um my neighbor gave me an article that was written in the herald the everett herald the everett herald yes saturday or sunday um so there was it was about lying and younger children and there's a study that they did that um children that lie are genuinely more intelligent than the ones that Come clean, oh, yeah. and it's like um, you know, and they list all these facts, and it's like okay, I can kind of understand that you know, it's they're coming up with a story, creative way to get away at, from the punishment. <clears throat> what I thought was interesting at the end of the article, the whoever wrote it said the way I combated my kids lying was I just fought fire with fire, so I just lied to them. So it, it was like. What are we having for dinner? We're having your favorite dish, macaroni and cheese. And then you sit down and it's fucking meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like, how does that feel? <laughs> I, like, I, and it, was, it was interesting though because it was like the kid would say, you know, like, I thought we were having mac, like, you told me we were having macaroni and cheese. Yeah, I lied. And then the adult would cop to the lie, like, oh, I'm really sorry. I lied. I feel bad. I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're actually Model. having meatloaf. Model their behavior. And it took about three weeks for them to finally get the connection. Like, oh, shit. They understand what I'm doing. Like, maybe I should not do this anymore. Because, it, it, I don't know, it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. You're not fooling anyone. I used to tell my daughter that I could tell when she was lying because her ears would turn red. <laughs> Which they wouldn't. Yeah. But then when she lied to me, she'd cover her ears. Yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> she developed the tell. Tell, yeah. She developed the tell. And then I was playing poker and I yeah, lost right. because like, I was like, like, Dad, it's not true. <laughs> Fucking Pinocchio. That's what Pinocchio used to cover his nose. And the rest is history. Derek's daughter's like in the World Series of Poker just covering her ears. <laughs> like, so would you want to know if someone was lying to you? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Five five, great question. Yeah, great. Depends on. Can we leave that one? Oh, and period. Do I? Oh, all the time. Yeah. All the time. No. No. Because you're almost asking, like, would you want mental telepathy, like, to read someone's mind? It's kind of. Yeah. yeah, I think it would be miserable. Reminds me of uh, that song by Johnny Lang. Lie to me, you know. You read I mean, the lyrics to that song. What are you afraid of, though? That's you'd, that's you'd the other thing. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. What you'd are be you super of? fucking rich. Yeah. Well, no. Well, <laughs> he could be. Yeah, he could be. I guess the other way too, though. Would you want to have other people know when you're lying? So we'll just say it's universal. Everybody knows when you're lying. You know when everybody else is lying. I mean, that'd be weird, right? See, yeah. so you no. Know there. Uh, I'm okay. They say that that's where we could be headed with C note as uh, as technology might become more symbiotic. They say that you know we could be headed for something like that, but I don't hive mind. Yeah, I I don't know who would want that. They're no. really like it reminds me of that uh, Louis C.K. was asked. I think it was on Conan show why his kids couldn't have a cell phone, and that that little bit went viral because he was saying a lot of what we're talking about here. He goes, he goes, the reason my kids can't have a cell phone is he goes, because kids are fucking mean, you know, because <laughs> yeah. kids are mean. And when, when, when a kid looks at another kid and says, you're fat, and the kid's face scrunches up and you kind of see them kind of go, oh, and then they, then they feel it mm-hmm. like, oh, that doesn't feel good, you mm-hmm. know, but and then he's holding like a little phone in his hand. You're fat. You're pushing it into the smartphone. And then they send, and they go, ooh, that feels good. Right. <laughs> you yeah, goes, didn't have to see any of the consequences. Yeah, you don't see the consequences. Yeah. You don't see how it makes them feel. It just feels good. And he goes, that is exactly Would you say that one of your smartphone. core values would be honesty? Most definitely. Okay, so do you F- lie? Filtered honesty. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, brutal honesty is not core values. Well, and that's... I've been thinking about this since Monday, actually. You know, Susan asked us about our core values. Yeah. Oh, the first I love thing that stuff. The love first thing stuff. came to mind was honesty. And it's like, well, like, that's not number one, though. Like, number one isn't honesty. For some reason, that's what came up first. But is it, if you're going to be honest, though, it's, is it 100%? Like, if that's a core value. Is what 100%? It, being honest. No. Brutally honest. No, I don't think. I, I don't think, know if I equate brutally honest with honest. Well, honest all the time. Not we're not talking about. I mean, white lies would be white lies. Then they're just lies. I don't feel like I tell white lies. Maybe I do. I I don't know. Like, like my wife comes out, asks me, you know, how do I look in this? If I don't like it, I'll I'll tell her, you know, politely. But well, there's a difference a- between being an asshole though, and brutally honest. Yeah, but you it, can tell her you can tell her the truth, and be kind about it. Yeah. yeah, but if they could read your mind, your initial reaction is like, "Oh, oh, fuck no!" Yeah, <laughs> which which it just is like is a. I guess I don't look at that as being brutally honest. Being brutally honest would be no, I don't like it. Whether it's, I mean, it's always with love. Yeah, yeah. it would be awful because I, like, I'm thinking in work situations. Yeah, I, I just, just <laughs> there's a lot of time where, like, you know, I have to hire people, and yeah. two minutes into an interview, I don't want to be like, no. Like, get the fuck out. <laughs> like, I want you to think you're doing well. That's why it would be important. fun to be a comedian, right? Like some of these comedy no. clubs where they do shit like that. Like you hear comedians sit around and they just rack on each other because it's no, kind of their fun, deal. Though. Roast, roast, roast each other. It's yeah. awful, though. Isn't it? It's, like, it's kind of fun, but it's... Yeah. We no. kind of talked about that when we talked about... Uh, 
uh, anger where, yeah. you know, there's kind of a mean-spirited thing that can happen in certain male-on-male friendships, especially when you're younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like... The anger episode. The anger episode. Uh, oh. I don't know, Chuck. I... I don't know how that would benefit me or society. Like, I'd like to think that, yes, I'd like for, yes, unfiltered, I want to know what you really think, but at the same time, does anybody? I don't know. And I always think that, um, but it's almost impossible to expect it from people. Because even, you know, I always, like, I I struggle to get people to be honest with me. At Do least, you? Yeah, like, or at least, like, tell me what they're really feeling without couching it. It work, or just, just in general. general. In general, um, and then trusting that, right? That's always the hard part. Like, are you fucking with <laughs> really? me? Yeah. Uh, and then, but then, like when I'm in similar situations, and people ask me to be like totally honest about it, I do find myself still couching myself. Um, well, there's that weird thing with you don't want to be res- disrespectful. <clears throat> so there's this weird line, like. How do you be honest and respectful? Like, how do you value a core value? For a lot of men, I think it's respect, and it's also authenticity. So, there, so there's a weird line that you have to kind of walk on. I find when this, it comes to being honest, this right? is a problem comes up a lot when I'm giving people advice because mm. I want them to take my advice, but I but there's also this fine line of like scaring the shit out of them or. Uh, you know, possibly doing damage to our friendship because mm-hmm. the advice is so harsh. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, you should, I really think you should probably do this, right? Like, well, and then the other two is when I ask for advice, it's like, okay, perfect examples the, on the thread that we have. You know, it's like, okay, you were, you know, we were talking, and it's like, okay, so is Derek being completely honest with me or not, or is he sheltering me from something? Right, yeah, and that's always a question that I ask when I'm with. And I wasn't sheltering. But. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what was yeah. that about? <laughs> yeah, I'm asking after all. Be honest. No. Scroll up, Russ. <laughs> Scroll that's up. What it was about. So we have no, a. It was, it was about the fact that I was. I had. I'm anxious about something, and I'm not an anxious person. And I didn't understand. Ooh. No, I, did, I understood. Male erectile dysfunction? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Male erectile hyperfunction. It's going to hurt on all the time. <laughs> it's been four hours. CLS. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> oh, fuck. If you've had an erection for more than four hours, call up a friend and brag about it. <laughs> well, if you take a pill, no. I've had an erection for more than The commercial said... Uh, oh, anyways, what were we talking about? Anxiety, the thread, honesty. Do you really want to know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just I, the fine I, line between respect and and honesty. You asked what was the topic, and I was having issues with anxiety. Yeah, I'm not an anxious person. I've and you I and Derek were going back and forth. Anxious people. I thought it yeah. was you know like really like you're fucking get all. Nervous and anxious about this bullshit, like, <laughs> but then I find myself in it. I'm like, oh, holy fuck, uh, this is crazy, motherfucker! It's a party, like, isn't it? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, what I did find though was I, I half took Derek's advice. Um, don't want to let him have too much of an ego, <laughs> but it it helped. It was you know it was nice. We talked about it, and I'm like, oh, like I'm still somewhat anxious, but. 
as soon as I mentioned any of it, it was just the Me Too, you know, blurting out, and we talked for shit. It was probably an hour and a half of talking about it. Mm-hmm. It just it felt better. It helps. It's, it helps yeah. Talking yeah. it out helps so. But much. I mean, like even yeah. now, like my chest is tightening up. Oh, it's <laughs> weird. Like, yeah, dude, good times. Yeah. I've uh, I talked to John about this briefly. I think it was yesterday or Sunday, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, so I've been doing a lot of work with writing out some of my memories as a kid um, and finding myself reverting really strongly to a lot of these as I write them out. Uh, these are negative memories that I have as a kid that kind of live inside of me uh, and seem to pop up and I'm kind of exercising them by kind of writing them down. You know, and and it always takes me by surprise, right? Uh-huh. It's like, well, f- oh, fuck, of course that happened. But it takes me like three days to figure out, like, why am I so fucking insecure? <laughs> All right, because six days ago, I wrote this brutal story about how insecure I was, and then I went back and visited that kid, that, and that yeah. kid kind of reared its head, and I gave him permission to walk around with you for right, a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Used me yeah. as a flesh puppet and decided to go out for a trip because right. it hasn't been. Because it hasn't been out in a while, and, and yeah. Yeah. And, uh, no, and I did one, the last one I've done recently. Um, was a transition phase in my life where I kind of regained some control, but it was also the phase where I kind of turned into more of an asshole. And I was less of a, you know, kind of a punching bag for people, but I kind of, you know, grew a spine as it was. But it was also a phase where I was a dick, uh, especially to my friends. And I noticed that start to come out, like like some of my relationships and friendships, like I fell back into that just, you know, kind of relentless poking yeah um and that was weird too like fuck like i haven't seen that yeah like eight or nine years and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. have you thought about giving those children permission to come out and walk with you so you can grow them up yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's part of the next step yeah yeah um yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, recently I've just been sitting and rereading them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's nice to have them written down mm-hmm. because, in some sense, they're there when I need them. Right. Yeah. Right? So I don't have to go through the entire process of remembering it. I just have to read it and then I'm kind of in it. Yeah. Um, and I can kind of do it one at a time, too. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's been pretty helpful. Uh, and there's no burden of... Uh, I let... A friend of mine read through them, and he says it felt like you feel like when you're pulling weeds, or like mm. when you pop a zit, mm-hmm. like like oh, like I got that gross out, and that was how a lot of the process felt when I was writing them out. Mm. Is like finally I've got this gross in a place that's permanent, and I can go back and revisit, and I don't have yeah. to. You got it outside of right. You. I got it outside yeah. of you. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting having the feeling of like. I got it out, but I needed to get more out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, I, yeah. like, like this is kind of out, but... There's a but, blackhead underneath the puss. Right, right, but yeah, I got it. Mm-hmm. I just got to puss out. Right, I got to make this fucker bleed for a while just to get make sure that it's all out uh, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then definitely consumed with that. I'm wondering if there's even an end to that. A seed? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like... Let's get the seed out. Yeah, like, like, is there an actual birthing process? Like, is there a fully birthed thing or is there just an element of that's always going to kind of feel like that's not all the way out well that's the difference between scars and wounds I think that's some of the art of life 
is realizing what's a scar and what's a wound. Because wounds, you know, I mean, doing the podcast even and, and doing stuff like this, like you start to see, you know, as you're poking at it and tears come or something like that, like that's, oh, that's a wound still, you know. And to find when it's scarred over, you can tell the story. It may emotionally affect you, but it feels like the pus is out of it. Right. And it's a scar. The weird thing about this has been, like, I'll read through a story now, and I'll be like, oh, like, like this is much less intense than it was. Yeah. I'm still feeling a little bit it's okay, but I must be better. And then three days later, like, fuck! Like, all of a sudden, this shit comes out of nowhere and hits me like a truck. It's like, oh, I guess I'm not. <laughs> and then, you know, got more and then again, it takes three days for me to feel like, what the hell is going on? Oh, right. Like, I did this again. I did this six. I've done this forty times now, and every time it surprises me that I still, uh, you know, get go to this place, this emotional place. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. Like, like well, eventually, when I get to the point where I can read through them and live them, and then three days later, I don't revert to them. Yeah. Uh, I'll be closer to the scar. But yeah, I, I, it's pretty clear I have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And the other, you know, it's it is the problem of going through all this stuff. Is I've got ten written out, and I've got fifty, sixty, seventy more that I could do, Dang like it. off the top of my head. Off the top of your yeah. head, wow. like, uh, <clears throat> these are just the most intense ones, and you know, the easiest ones to do. And that's always like, oh shit! Like I spend the rest of my life writing these these things out. Which, in some respect, is it really does feel like pulling weeds, so it's pleasurable in mm. that respect. Like, you know, oh, like that cleansing, purging yeah. process really does feel good. Uh, but also, like, shit, like this kind of. I'd like to not my, yeah, pull kind of, weeds for the rest of my life. Which, yeah. I'm okay with the work. Okay. But there's definitely moments of, like, ah, bummer. Right? Yeah. Like, fuck, I well, guess I'm going to be doing that's this. That's where I was when. Susan said about like the box is always going to be there right like it was like oh fuck me like <sighs> Susan the third okay <laughs> you know like like alright like I guess I get to do this forever don't really want to though uh, well is that is that what you heard or is that what she was saying no she was just saying that the like it's my past like it's the sexual abuse is never going to go away it's part of your story. It's my, it's my life. But again, we get scars and wounds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which one's a scar? And granted, now I can now, I mean, it's definitely moved from wound towards scar because, I mean, shit, you listen to any podcast before I actually started dealing with any of my shit. I, I couldn't talk about being sexually molested as a kid. It's, it's, you know, and... It is easy in moments to get really discouraged and despondent on it, but like for me, it's just part of life, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like I remember when I started getting acne, and my mom explaining to me like this will be really bad through your teenage years, but it's never going to actually go away. You're going to still get zits. Like when you're a kid, you just didn't get zits or anything yeah. ever, uh, and it's going to be something you're going to learn how to manage it over time, and then over time it will start. You know, it won't be as bad, but it's going to be fairly constant. And that's kind of the same way I felt about this. Like, like yeah, it was really intense at first, 
I've got some good tools to manage it, but it's not probably ever going to fully go away yeah. like like you can imagine it being, but that's just life. Right? Well, like life with is, that analogy, an occasional zit's better than a pepperoni right. pizza face. When right, you know, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. it, right. so it does get better. Right. It does yeah. get better. Yeah, so it's yeah. worth doing the work <laughs> right. because it gets significantly better. Mm. And you'll notice, like, and there's a big difference between when I'm on a good diet and I'm on a bad mm. diet. And and yeah, I start to break out when I'm eating lots of sugar and shitty foods. And and I and so if I do the work, things get better. They right. get 100 percent better. But they get better to the point where it's it's noticeable and it's nice enough that it's worth doing the work. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's kind of what it's like. Shit management. Shit management. Shit management. Slots of light around here, huh? Yeah. Well, for the good. I'm not saying it's bad. I know. Yeah. The EMDR thing is is uh, almost feels overwhelming at times, but you know. And I had a conversation with someone recently about this, and and he's like, like, aren't you just trying to fast track this? And and part of me is like, yes and no. Like when you gonna just talk about it for three years, and <laughs> and you're not having a lot of progress, you're just kind of like. You know, and I told my therapists too. It's like I've talked about it until I'm blue in the face. Yeah. Like I've talked enough about it. Um, EMDR is, is sort of like what you're doing, Derek, with the writing this stuff out. It's it's stories and it's your past and it's you know it's walking into the trauma. And yeah, it's almost like a hypnotic hypnotic state you're put in, and you're feeling it, reliving it, not reliving it. I don't want to use those words. You're you're an observer. Hmm. In the very real virtual reality of your own of your own shit, I mean, I'm sitting there with nine year old me on this old porch in this trailer park, just sitting there in the sun, and and she had me sit there in this EMDR session for like I don't know, it felt like 15 minutes, and we're just sitting there, and I can smell the grass, the fresh cut grass. Yeah, that's right. I can hear birds chirping in the background and I'm just I'm just sitting I'm in that I'm in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And it is mind blowing to get to that place. Um and and it's like, oh, and we're just scratching the surface. It's like fucking I just so many tears came up in that session, you know. Um me walking into that place of of dealing with little me and teenage me standing there hating on myself. Like, what the fuck are you doing sitting there on the porch waiting for basically the guy who abused me to get home from school? Because he was in high school and I was in grade school and he got, you know, he got out of school later. And I didn't have a parent home. I didn't have anybody to to love me or whatever. So there I am sitting on the porch of a, a fucking pedophile Waiting for, you know, I was easy prey, you know. So part of it was loving that kid and realizing that he didn't have anybody to really care about him or make him feel like he was valuable. And so that's what I got from that relationship to a certain degree. And that's why I was sitting there. Mm-hmm. But teenage me still kind of pissed off, <laughs> you know. Sure. You know? And I can't save him from what's about to happen. I go try and hug him, you know. And he's a ghost. So in this session, 17-year-old me with the fucking hair down down here and my jacket and my fucking Motley Crue shirt and all that stuff, starting to feel for this kid, and then I want to give him a hug, and I'm just like, whoosh. 
ghost, you know. Oh wow! Yeah. And uh, and you know, and then I was just in tears again, going, "I can't save him from what's about to happen." Like it fucking happened. So so we're still in that weird scars and wounds area with that part of the story because that's kind of where where it ended, you know. Um, trying to get off of that porch, and we just kind of ended the session. So I don't remember what happened to me um, with that shit. So there's missing memories, but that memory on the porch I didn't remember a couple weeks ago. I didn't remember that I was sitting on the porch and waiting for this fucker. So I'm, I'm struggling with uh, with what that looks like. You know, it's fucked up, but it's also healing. It's also good. It's it's fast tracking all this talk therapy and shit. And part of this is I want to heal every fucking wound. You know what? I'm not going to make excuses anymore. I'm not going to put Bible verses on my suffering and explain it away and make excuses for it. I'm going to spend my... I'm too... I'm almost 50 years old. I only have so much time on this planet. And I'd rather get as much of that shit healed as I can. Because I don't... You know, I don't want to walk around all fucking broken and, and full of pussy wounds that <laughs> I don't want to heal. Because of ego or... You know, some shit. You think that people get to that place when they have to? I mean, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, you ever wonder why you didn't do it sooner? Were you not ready to? Just didn't have the resources. Didn't have the support. Or yeah, something? the resources or the support. But even that. No, that's I, you are done yet. Yeah, I'm not done yet. It's, you know, it's the in was it AA or whatever um, group you're in. You're not done until you're done, right? And they preach that all the time. You just weren't ready. Yeah. You know, you know it's, you're going to continue to drink or do drugs or suffer. Yeah. And so your suffering is more painful than healing. Right. I remember when James Noriega would say that to people. They would come in. and I mean, there would be in Mars Hill back in the day, Thursday night grace groups. There would be fucking homeless people coming in, heroin addicts and stuff like that. And, I remember James. I always thought it was kind of mean at first, but I kind of I get it now, <laughs> you know. But he'd look at people and go, you know, you've been here for a while. Just wondering what the fuck are you doing here? And they'd be like, <laughs> they'd be like, what? They'd be like, you're really not interested in healing. You're just coming here to hang out. Yeah. Like we're not interested in just hanging out. We're interested in tackling your fucking demons and and dealing with that shit. So unless you're ready to to deal with your fucking demons and not just hang out here, like you know. Like this is some kind of social club. Why don't you just go do more drugs? And I'm like, fuck, that's pretty brutal. You got more drugs to do. Just go do more drugs and come back when you feel like you're ready to take on your demons again. And I love people like that. You know, Susan at group. Oh yeah, she does that too. Like, so, oh man, you've been here for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing here <laughs> for? You know, it's like, oh shit, snap. I'm like, yep. Uh, just hanging out. Okay. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. But there are guys there in there for years, you know, five years. Like like EMDR therapy, which is what I do. I don't have trauma like Russ is describing, but I shit like anyone. In EMDR I've described it before, it's an effective therapy for me. But but where I hear people like, Yeah, I've been doing EMDR for two years now, like, really? Like that seems like a long time to do EMDR. Like <laughs> 
Like, do you have a good therapist? Are they trained? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm are they just like, cashing them checks or what? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, what I'm level just, are you on? <laughs> and, and I'm just finishing like six months, roughly. And actually, it seems arduous and kind of intense going when you're in it. And I have to actually remind myself, like, hey, you're just a few months in. You're fine. Okay, you're fine. But but yeah, it's like you know. Well, I'm committed to healing, and it, like you said, it takes as long as it takes. Yeah. There's a part of me, it's like, I don't want to be here in three years. <laughs> yeah. I just don't, you know? It's like, <laughs> Do I don't want to be there next month. Two or have like, years of my line in the sand. And, yeah. and, and like what you're saying, like the boxes will always be there. It's like, okay, let's tidy up the room, put shit in the box, put it on top of the uh, closet. And okay, it's there, but now I can enjoy the rest of the room because you know it smells better and it's cleaner. Yeah. I can go back, back to it when I need to come. If back. I if I need to, well, but or it's, it's there. Or it's refiled, or you know, it's not. It doesn't affect you yes. if the box falls off the shelf. You just yes. oh, the oh, box no. fell off the shelf. Okay, box. I, I just I know where it goes. I can. I clean. know what this is. I know the tools to clean it up. And that definitely is true. That definitely yeah. happens. And then you put it back on the shelf. Yeah, but but what I'm saying though is about actually being steeped into the therapeutic work you know how long does this take and i'm not, i can be impatient um i've actually gotten better at that but of course a lot of my acute symptoms have lessened significantly uh so i can be more at peace with it you know or whatever where it's like when you're in acute symptoms of i don't know whatever's manifesting in your body anxiety it's like oh my god my every waking minute is pretty much fucking miserable like <laughs> like i i had months like yeah. that months like where most most hours in a day like just cortisol and and just stress hormones just raging through my body like yeah this is bad this is really bad um and that's no way to live <clears throat> but so so yeah so you get through that hump and then it's okay yeah and, and you you find a, a rhythm and you're going through it but there is this this other thing though like like are there people that just do this is this just life now I mean I I, I joked on our on our thread like um, in, in a lot of ways therapy's taken the place for uh, for church for me in some ways like I still go to church but but in terms of what I'm getting in terms of like meaning in terms of transformation. Therapy's been the greatest thing I've done in a long time. Yeah. But that being said, I don't know if I want to just do it indefinitely. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a thing about, like, so there's a pastor who put a post on Facebook that kind of triggered the shit out of me. And he says, uh, he says, this week I'm going to preach a sermon on some things that are unpopular in the Seattle area. And he says, <clears throat> you know, and I can't remember all four of them, but the two, the two top ones were... Jesus is Lord and repent, right? And so and so I'm like I wrote a whole thing. Maybe I'll put it in the blog. It might be cool on the blog. And I would title it Jesus is not a Christian. <laughs> like God is not a Christian. Like God's not a Christian. Whoa. Whoa. whoa I know whoa. that's that's going to freak some people out, but that's kind of where I went with a lot of this. But a big part of it was that repentance word. And I said I said most I said, first of all, that's not unpopular amongst most evangelical churches in the area. They're going to nod their head. He's kind of preaching to the choir, right? right? You yep. post that on Facebook so all the Christians can go, yep, you tell those Seattle people. I'm the good guy. Yeah, I'm the good guy. They're the bad guys. We're woke and they're asleep or whatever, right? And I'm thinking, 
Um, and basically what I posted was was when it comes to repentance, like most Christians aren't doing that. Like you, you're, you're kind of like, you want everyone else to do it, but you're not fucking doing it. Because in my mind, when you say re- repent, that word basically means to change direction. My kids repented when they stopped shitting in their diapers. <laughs> yeah. They, they took it, they changed, they did something different. Um, and and that's that's changing direction. Or Christians or like warning. to believe repentance looks like a two minute thing. Oh, I said it. Like oh, oh, that was bad. Yeah, I'm I not think, gonna do that anymore. I think Christians and, and, and now I'm gonna white knuckle it until everybody around me believes that I've stopped doing it. That's what they think <laughs> repentance is. Yep. Repentance is probably gonna take you. A lifetime. A lifetime. A lifetime. Right. And you're still going to be fucking doing this shit. It's just going to look different when you're done. <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah. Oh, man. I think Christians look at it, repentance as forgiveness. Right. It's not the same thing. Not the same thing. Not even, yeah, close. Not even close. But that's how they act whenever it comes to it. It's like, yeah. not, no. Well, and so, there, there so, can be some emotional work of forgiveness in there, but that's... No, scratching the surface. Yeah. So much, so much of the uh, of the conversations, like you said, scratching the surface is really dealing with just the surface level stuff, like you know your addictions, your behaviors, your attitudes. Repent of whatever, jerking off, drinking too much, whatever. Um, I had a, s- a situation recently that was kind of triggering for me, where an announcement was made at, at the church I attend about some concerns with what they're teaching in the public school system about you know abortions and really alarmist stuff about. And I, it, I, I clicked onto the website this person like mentioned or, or sent a link to, and it, it was like sort of a, a thing that was a bit intense. It's very sort of uh, like I would use the word pro-abortion. Like it's one thing to be pro-choice, but this was more pro-abortion, where they were literally encouraging women to not only have abortions but to sort of be proud that they had an abortion. And it was like, you know, I mean, it, women that find themselves in that situation, it, it, it's a stressful situation. It's, yeah. it, it, there's a lot of circumstances leading up to it. It's not a desirable situation. I don't know how much... One People should, don't go have abortions on the weekend. For fun, right? Exactly. Like, like yeah. I don't know how much you should celebrate like, like a situation <laughs> like that. No, it's one thing to say that it happened. It's one thing to say that you struggled with it. It's one thing to say that you went through it. I, I just don't know how, how much, you know, society should be waving pom-poms for it, though, on a personal level. Uh, that being said, you know, where I was interacting with it, it wasn't so much like demonizing it that maybe there's women in our society that do that. Like, I have an abortion, I'm proud, and, yeah. you know, I don't want to demonize that. I want to understand it. Like, how did you get to that place? How did you get to a place of so much pain where, I mean, not only did you, I mean, you had an abortion, you had an unwanted pregnancy, that's how you chose to take care of it, but you're really like, Feeling the need to react so strongly to something, where now you're celebrating it. Like it's a middle finger in the face of of guilt shame. and shame. Some, yeah. and, and a lot of pain. Pain. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's, that's what I want to understand. That's what's interesting. Let, let's go there. Let's talk about why you're reacting the way you are. Let's talk about the pain that got you there. Let's talk about how probably the church at large caused that. Caused that. Gave you that attitude. That's the more interesting conversation instead of just the surface level of aren't you shouldn't do th- that. These people are horrible for what they're saying. Oh my gosh. It's, it's not just that though either too. How many people do you know that have divorce parties? Oh. Yeah. I know lots. Yeah. yeah that, like, okay, that was a we, thing on Instagram there for a while like people celebrating their divorce yeah, like, like they get just, out of court. You're yeah. I get it. You know, I'm divorced. It sucks. 
Like, I'm not out throwing a fucking party that I'm excited about. I'm like, holy fuck. I feel I have different... That's a little different for me, because I know some people where it's like, yeah, probably best that you guys split. Sure. But throw a party about it, though? Uh, Freedom! I don't know. <laughs> it depends on the marriage, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on the marriage. Depends on the crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like, Louis C.K. had a funny bit about divorce. Like, kind of same thing. Like, you know, people, oh, I'm sorry you got divorced. Like, why? I mean, people <laughs> that get divorced are sorry about it. So, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But, but, but yeah, the, the question, though, is is what pain, what pain backfills, backfills it. Yeah. I think so much it. of the church that is disgusting as the church that sees behavior they don't like and instantly moves to how do we keep that out of us and how do we fix yeah. it right so and when they hear the word repent they think about the gays right like the instant thing that pops in their mind oh yeah they seattle they need to repent and then gays like it's <laughs> and the first thing and then you see this over oh, and over God. the first thing jesus did when he saw behavior that was so devastating was oh how did you get there? <laughs> like, what pain produced that behavior? Because that word? was awful. Yeah. Like, let's. Like, we're not talking about gays either. By the way, we're not. I mean, we're not saying that being gay is pain. But, but yeah, you're right. Something. I mean, I get what you're like saying. Some, yeah, and that was a dysfunctional yeah. behavior. Like, like yeah, like like John's question. Like, you're celebrating an abortion. What? Like, there is. Like, I'm genuinely curious, interested, and empathetic to understand how you got to the... Because it feels like it's easy for me, and this may not even necessarily be true, but that meets a common line where I can extrapolate that to some deep pain. Like, like 99% of the people have some really nasty pain underneath that. I don't even want to talk about your behavior. Let's figure let's out, like, yeah, pain. let's, you and I sit and talk about the pain. Yeah. And the church just fucking blows over the top of that. Well, yeah. like, Didn't you know, Derek, Jesus died for that. Right. right. Yeah. Nope, well, patched you should. up. Don't talk about it anymore. Get to the <laughs> yeah. back of the church. Yeah. Let's have a I nice saw, pretty I parade. Saw a awesome. I saw a bolt, and I was on the left yeah. side, and there was a cross and Jesus in the middle. And I walked across <laughs> oh, to the right Lord, side. You guys, it's I don't understand. Well, I don't understand where you guys are falling short on this. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. And now oh, me as the man. pastor can write you off and not talk to you anymore because you're healed, but you'll still send your check every month, right? All right, we yes, fixed yeah. this shit. Let's uh, well, let's I go have do to this. Pay for the yeah. bulletin and the cross still. So yeah, I mean, now we'll so. do a seminar on how successful I was. <laughs> what? At, what? To be fair, to be fair, pray the gay away. What? What actually? <laughs> Whatever. Keeps the lights on is uh, is sort of that, but it's more dealing with the surfacey stuff about how you're saved and you just don't believe it enough. That's why you keep jerking off or <laughs> bad behavior, and that's what'll keep you coming. It's back. always the next level of belief. That'll keep yeah, you coming back, yeah, yeah. but you're not getting to the roots because if you get to the roots, people might not come back. But if and look at this dude we brought up front. He's doing so much better than you are. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, oh, yeah, no, sure, he's lying through his teeth, but we're not going to tell you that. Derek, uh, they, don't, Derek, they don't ever do that. They don't lie. <laughs> they don't. Bring Poor fucking. They don't bring ex homeowners, ex convicts up there. Guys like. Frankensteining their lives together, so it looks like from the outside they've got it all. Or, or they bring the guy up on stage who just peed his pants to keep his backside warm. Right. And he's still in the phase of right, yeah. it's warm. Right now so he's up there on stage. They don't talk about three weeks later when his ass is frozen off. 
you know, that's a whole... We, right, yeah, oh, if you catch the guy right after that. he pissed his pants. Yeah. There's won't. a cool line in that, that Wizard of Oz, right, right before... Right, and so the Tin Man walks up to the wizard, the Wizard of Oz, the, the the story of the Wizard of Oz. When they find out that there's someone behind the curtain, the Tin Man walks up and goes, "Hey, uh, Wizard, I'd like a heart." And the Wizard's like, "Why? <laughs> right? right? Why? Why do you want a heart? Like they're really complicated and they hurt, and it's just not really good for you to to have a heart. You should oh, and ignore the guy behind the curtain. Who's that behind the curtain back there? And they're like." That's when they realize someone's behind the curtain. <laughs> no, ignore him and just forget about your heart. You don't need a heart. Oh, brutal. I have so an true. interesting question. And I guess I'm asking myself, but I'll pose it to Derek anyway. <laughs> so the the church that you go to does some of this. Yep. So when do you chuck it in the fuck it bucket? It's a good question. Uh <laughs> When they, I think part of the reason I go is because they're actually open to seeing some of that, yeah, and having that challenge and having a conversation, right? And yeah, yeah. Conversation. and 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 willing to say, hey, this looks kind of ugly. Is there some ugliness behind this? Yeah, there's probably a little bit of ugliness. And let's deal with that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and not passionate enough to have open hands about it, right? Yeah, and uh, and that's I mean that's all you can ever ask out of any relationship ever, because every relationship has got bullshit, yeah, 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 mess in the back. And the only thing, yeah, the only reason that relationship will ever be worth pursuing is if they're willing to say, yeah, there's some shit back there's there. Flawed. Yeah. yeah. How would you answer that question for yourself, Chuck? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't have an answer for it. Because I've asked, I've asked myself that question quite a bit, yeah. and I still find myself. I mean, it's I go to two churches, mm. and you know, it's like why the fuck do I go to these things? And yeah. portions of why I go is the relationships that I have with certain people that go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when is enough enough? Like when do I chuck it in the fucking bucket and not <laughs> go there anymore? Like I don't know. Like I don't know where my line in the sand is. Right. Yeah, it's a question, and it's yeah. I've, so, John and I wrestled a little bit this on the on this on the thread, and it's something I, you know, every time I sit in the church now, I mm-hmm. think about it. Um, and really, one of the thing, you know, the thing that I don't want to say, I'll say first, uh, is that I definitely historically had a very strong certainty addiction. Yeah, mm. and that was constant, like twenty four hours a day, uh, and that's what the church gave me was certainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Uh, and uh, and it's super heady stuff, right? Like like it's incredibly addicting, and uh, and anything that starts to threaten it, you freak the fuck out. Yeah. Like I remember the feeling of having people bring really good evidence. You know, I'm engineer, science based, science loving, and you know, really good scientific evidence against what I said I believed and what I was certain about, and just the feeling in my chest. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, like I need you to go away right now and not <laughs> talk about this. Like, shut your mouth. Yes, yeah. right. Because yeah. I need that certainty. I need that fix. Yeah. Um, and some part of me still going to church is I get a little hit of that still. Like, there's still, okay, I can take an hour and get a little bit of that certainty fix. And, and doing a lot of sitting and thinking about that, and that's not the only reason I go, but it's there. Like, that's, yeah. like I won't 
tell you that that's not there. A Rick will mainline that shit. Right. Yes. <laughs> mainline? Yeah. <laughs> he's a, I love Rick, but he's got some of that certainty thing. Fucking he's, he wrestles c- with it himself. Certainty freebasing. Yeah, and pushing, I, it, pushing it at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he, I was, Dan, talking, so I was talking to Rick online. Yeah, exactly. Right? On he was on that thread. Yeah, we were talking about uh, this thread. Exactly, exactly why I stopped posting atonement <laughs> theories and theology on my personal page. I yeah. just right, and you can feel it because you started to threaten his certainty, mm-hmm. and he got that tightness in his chest, and freak like, and no, 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 no. I got my books. I got my dudes. I got my dead dudes. I got you know. I'm like. Like uh, all right, like I'm gonna. And I think Fane maybe was doing that. Maybe Rick he was like a nice guy. Rick was in there. But yeah. what I appreciate about Rick is at least he was in there. Right. So over the years, I've had pastors. There's a there's a pretty good load of pastors who are on my personal Facebook account. Like they've personally friended me, and not one of them, not one of those guys, engage. were engaged in that threat. They wouldn't engage. <laughs> It. And I don't know, you know, I don't know where they're coming from. And I'm not judging them for that. Well, but it's cool. I don't do those things either. Right, but it was cool. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You have a Facebook page? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he's the provocateur. Man. I'm the provocateur. We're all the provocateurs. But I don't, I don't mind being provocative. I don't mind being. What do you guys think about that? I said that in the intro to the to the uh, the show on violence. You have a podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple actually. Um, how do you be respect? How do you be disrespectful to someone's ideology, but respect, but respectful to them? Like when you get an or, on an orthodox uh, Facebook page and you say they're just a bunch of assholes in robes. <laughs> I didn't say assholes. I got kicked off. Cre- of no the... creepy dudes in robes. <laughs> yes, that's, that's almost my exact. Point. That would be an example of being disrespectful. <laughs> yes, it was. I'm just. Being honest, I got kicked <laughs> off of the Orthodox. Uh, was it Orthodox hipster coffee hour? Yeah, I didn't get kicked off. I actually left the group because the guy said, "Was intolerant." You can't, intolerant if you you're can't ask that question. And anytime, like I get triggered by people who say you can't ask that question. And maybe I was. I'll admit that was disrespectful. Maybe I mean, yeah, it, it most definitely was. Right. And again, but who gives a shit? Like I don't, I don't respect your fucking robes and your beard. Okay, so then Sorry, why be a part of the group? Because I like the theology. I like their way they view atonement theory. I like the fact that it's rooted in something deep. Historical. I like the fact that how they do relationships. Okay. But all of the other stuff is window dressing. I think that it's. I think that it can become idolatry. What? But maybe go at it from. And, and please don't misunderstand me. I'm not Mr. Like apologist for it. I just I went through catechesis on this stuff and learned a little right. bit about it. And it's like you know, challenge your assumptions that there's you know things you don't know or understand about it. I mean, it looks like pageantry, and and I, I guess I yeah, I definitely get how it could look that. But but that's actually there's actually meaning behind everything they're doing. Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> it's like it's you like Rollins. I don't. But listen, no, Rollins told this great little parable. And it's in his book, uh, Orthodox Heretic. And he says, uh, he, so there's this guy and he's on this like airplane, right? And he, he's a pastor. And this pastor has this weird gift. And every time he prays for someone, they totally lose their faith and hate God. Like they just don't want to do anything with God anymore. Every time he prays for somebody, they don't want anything to do with church. They don't believe anymore. And they walk away. So he realizes... I should probably stop praying for people if I want to stay in this profession because they start losing their faith and walking away from God. And so 
he's on this plane, and he's there's guys over here. He's he's kind of sitting next to him, sort of. He's across the aisle, and he's like on his phone, and he's like, I I own this company. I don't give a shit if you're a single mom. You're gonna be to work. Find figure something out. I don't care if your kid's sick. You're gonna be there because I got a company to run. Do you hear me? Hangs up the phone, and then somebody else calls, and he's just going off on them. And then uh, he hangs up, and he's just, you can tell the tension in this guy. Like, he's just kind of freaking out, and he reaches over, and he takes a big old swig of his glass of vodka. And the, and the pastor's sitting there seeing this, and he goes, uh, he goes, hey, man, are, are you okay? You know, you seem kind of kind of on edge and stuff. And he goes, you know, it's just this company I run, and all these freaking people that are so irresponsible. And he says, you know, if it wasn't for my church and, and my men's group and my prayer and and my priest, I don't know how I would do it, man. I don't know if I could do another day with this stuff. But I got those guys to keep me, keep me going, you know? To keep me having the edge and the fire to keep this company going. And so the, the pastor goes, I, I think I should pray for you. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so he lays hands on the guy and he prays for him. And the guy gets, gets done and he's like, oh, man. He goes, what the hell was I doing with all that God shit? Like, that was stupid and ridiculous. Why did I believe any of that stuff? And all those people in that church, God, they believe this just garbage. They believe this bullshit. And so he leaves his church and he, and he quits his faith and he goes back to his company and he looks in the eyes of his employees and he thinks, you know what? There's not some cosmic God up there who's going to fix this shit. And he starts to have feelings in his heart for these people. He starts a daycare in his company for the single moms and stuff because he starts to give a shit, you know? And years later, he's on a train or something like that. He gets on this train and he sees the same pastor and he wells up with tears. And he goes, he goes, man, he goes, you, you, you have had me lose my religion, but you gave me my faith. Yeah. And thank you for giving me that's my sweet. faith. So that's where I kind of go with a lot of the robes and the shit. And some of it, I'll be honest, like you were talking about Romophobe, like some of it oh, is that. That's so How many story. pedophiles you, you sit that, behind yeah. a fucking He's robe and know all the catechisms and remember all yeah, that yeah. shit? Yeah. And they just, that's what they do. They hide that. They use it. So they can keep fucking I kids. And I know that about you. And they feel you. okay about And it. I know that's your trigger, and I know that's But it's not my trigger. That's, that's, well, it's a that's, trigger. It is a trigger. But, but how much of it is, and this is what Roland said, How too. much of it is not, though, too? How I much mean, of it is the machine? I'm it's not trying to dismiss it all. Religion trigger. keeps the machine going. The machine of just garbage and hate and sin and, and hating on each other and, and not taking responsibility for the authority that you wield yeah, in this you're, world. You're assuming that everybody is that way. No, I'm not assuming everyone's that way. But I'm you sorry. Are, but he's reacting. You're I'm re- reacting. Well, you're to reacting it. that way. I'm reacting that people with robes can do that. They can just hide in that. They can hide in their religion. Hide in skinny jeans assholes. and a guitar too. They can. You're right. Hide in teachers. Yeah. It's anywhere. I I kind of saw it as but like I wanna, <laughs> like, like <laughs> one. Of, I want to poke it. I want to poke it. Not that long ago. I I, I really try like. Like, mostly I'm online to talk to you guys, um, or I kind of use social media as, like, my blog role. Maybe I'll post some pictures of my kids or whatever. But really, it's, it's like, I, I try not to be too substantive lately. And But, like, I couldn't resist the temptation. I read this really f- fairly provocative but really good article about Billy Graham. 
I posted to my wall, and like my mother-in-law had like <laughs> like her reaction to it was was pretty strong. And Why do you I hate Jesus. And, <laughs> and, and, and at least Jesus is agent. Billy Graham. I realized that I am basically like poking one of her sacred cows. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not my sacred cow, not right. my circus, not my monkey. I think, <laughs> I, I, and, and you know, we could talk about Billy Graham. I'll just say I think he did a lot of damage for Christianity and for America. That's my personal opinion. I can tell you why I think that, you know, it's maybe another conversation, but let's just say that's the way I'm reacting to it. And, but I can say that very easily because again, not my circus, not my monkeys, not my sacred cow. Uh, But it's my mother-in-law's sacred cow. It's her monkey. It's her circus. And it's like, Oh, I care about her. And, and I, I, I made some some comment about how well you know because she kind of came at it a bit ad hominem. So you know your your, your pushback is a little ad hominem. Engage the author for what he's saying, not who he is. And then she basically proceeds to respond with another ad hominem response, like basically just like doing exactly what I said she was doing and doing it again. Logic's out the window. And then this other guy we know chimes in with some vitriol and anger. And it's like, oh shit, I'm just deleting it. I'm just deleting it because I care about relationships. I care yeah. about people. I, it's like, I, you know, th- there's that temptation to lob a grenade. But, so, but, but, but sometimes... <laughs> a bigger hammer. <laughs> the, s- sometimes the problem, though, man, is it's like, it, it's just so much heat, not a lot of light. Yeah. And, it, and those things are best resolved in conversations. Yeah. I end up having two great subsequent online conversations with these two people. And it was great because, again, in relationships, it's good. But when it's just like lobbing a grenade, it, it doesn't work so well. It's always impossible on Facebook <laughs> to remember to remember all the people yes. the, the that are going to be pissed off. Yes, right. Uh, yes. Like I even for a while was like I post stuff and I like it lets you exclude certain people. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, done that. I've done that. Like, this, this person does not need to see this. This person, and then there's like, oh, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot that guy. I forgot. It's like friends, friends, acquaintance. Oh, <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So that's why I started the Facebook page that we have. This is such a good page. Which, yeah. Where we have, uh, what, six of us, seven of us that I know can handle whatever the fuck comes up on there yeah. without being the, that guy. And so that's where I post most of my shit. And the rest of the times I just do dad jokes. It's also the problem with, with that conversation we were having on your page that I couldn't resist being baited into like an idiot. <laughs> but it's like, I, 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 I can't explain four to five years of deconstruction and re basically totally overhauling my thinking, the way I understand theology, philosophy. I can't walk you through that in a Facebook wall it's yeah. like yeah it's like dude you know how many books i read do you know how many like lectures i listened to i mean you're an information addict john <laughs> maybe well i think that's part of deconstruction though is absorbing yeah, information true. and reformatting yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but uh but you can just a lot of people that said a lot of stuff it's like hey what about a lot of things i have this question tell me about this this and this it's like dude that's like that's like Four books you got to read to get to the bottom of that. I can't walk you through it in a Facebook post. Or, yeah, I, exactly. I don't know. I get that. So sometimes yeah. that, that's one of the downsides. Maybe it's it. my anger. I don't know. I have to work that out. Maybe it's your dick. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Or you know how some people just go through and they just 
they just get rid of a bunch of like Facebook friends to kind of wean down their feet. I just say really offensive shit and they just kind of go away. <laughs> That's always funny. <laughs> like, like how many times do you refriend somebody before you figure it like, okay, like I'm pretty sure like, oh shit, like I'm not friends with you again. I'm pretty sure we were friends like not that long ago. Yeah. And this may be like the third See, time. Even that's like, too okay, much work. I guess I'm just not going to. Too much work. I had a, a friend of mine, not on, well, we are on Facebook friends, but just in that human relationship. <laughs> Chuck, you, you have, you know, like 500 friends on Facebook. Oh, okay. Like, is, is that good? You know, like, I don't fucking know. Man, if you don't go through and, you know, weed out your friends and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, I post pictures of my kids so my parents can see them. Right, like, yeah. I live 3,000 fucking miles away. Like, going through and deleting pictures, I, I had another friend that was like, oh, you really ought to delete some of these pictures of your ex-wife and blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's work. <laughs> yeah, like, delete my friends, like, on Facebook? Like, no, that's work. Like, fuck, I don't care. Like, yeah. Yeah. The memory stuff that comes up is weird, too. Oh, yeah. I love that feature. Do you? Yes. I like it. I, I like it. I don't. I get a lot of That's where I was you eight years ago. Journal, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I do use it as a journal. No. So I post yeah. stuff that I that only I can see and it comes up. Yeah, That's no, cool. Kind of That's cool. Which is a trip. Have you ever shared any of it? That would be interesting. My personal stuff? No, probably not. Because Derek never gets personal. I have walls. Where are we going to land this plane? Uh, right here. We'll land it. All right. Uh, good night, everybody. <laughs> I think the worst time to have a heart attack is during a game of charades. That's a huge bitch! Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe, like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't check it out! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Oh.